Welcome. You're listening to Lan Asari's podcast, the founder of God's Tabernacle Church in Ghana. As you listen, may you be blessed immensely. Hallelujah. I want us to I want us to pray. Amen. You know the the Bible tells us that God is the beginning and the end. You know, so it is only right to start everything with God and end everything with God. So I want us to just pray right now. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for another wonderful day, another wonderful time in your presence. Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit come into our midst. We ask that your Holy Spirit strengthen us, grant us grace. We ask that your Holy Spirit save us from our infirmities. Save us from our insecurities. Save us from all problems that we have even put on ourselves. Save us from our own self-destruction. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. Father, we thank you for health, for breath. We thank you for saving us, Lord, from evil, saving us from bad thoughts, saving us from bad friends, saving us from bad decisions, Lord. Continue to save us, please. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen, hallelujah. Um, Today I want to start a new series on a message titled, He That Hath. Amen. I'm preaching from um, one of Bishop Dagg's books um, titled, He That Hath, to him shall be given. And he that hath not from him shall be taken even that which he hath. Amen. So the Bible is telling us that. Um, no, let me just read the the scripture. Amen. Because the the Bible says in Mark four verse twenty five, it says that for he that hath, to him shall be given, and he that hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he hath. So the Bible is trying to tell us that. To the person that has, usually, more shall be given to him. And he that doesn't have, usually, even the small that he has, it will, it will be taken away from him. Now, I would, I would explain why it is like that. Because it may seem unfair, but a lot of things, a lot of things that seem unfair on this earth, it is unfair because that that's how it has been established and there are certain things that go behind the scene that cause it to be so you know a lot of us tend to feel like life isn't fair in certain situations we tend to feel like oh god why did you allow this to happen to me why did you allow um this in quotes bad thing to happen to me and for some time now i've been teaching you guys that not everything that seems bad that happens to you is actually bad. Like, um, I, I always give this example of boarding school. You know, boarding school 
was a tough experience, especially in, in Ghana here. I mean, depending on the school you went to, but for most of you that, that, that have come out of boarding school, you'd actually come to the conclusion that boarding school was a needed thing. I mean, me personally, I remember when I went to boarding school, I think I had just come back from um, America or so, and I remember uh, my mindset was a bit different. I was a bit pumped, let me put it like that. So when I, when, I, when I dove straight into boarding school, I remember boarding school was a life-changing, mentality-changing experience because boarding school made me tougher. Boarding school allowed me to have people skills and certain personal skills. And I realized that that kind of, that kind of, um, that kind of training, that kind of exposure that boarding school gave you, you, you don't find it anywhere else. And I realized that people who didn't go to boarding school had certain kind of um, communication problems, communication skill problems, or personal relation skill problems because they did not know how to relate with the fellow person. Because in boarding school, we're all stacked in rooms like sardines. So we all learn how to stick with each other, how to relate with each other, you know, how to deal with difficult people, how to deal with a multitude of people. You know, so, so that, that lack of experience, even though it was tough, even though sometimes you get bullied, even though there was a lot of punishment and we had to work every morning and all kinds of things that, that one may say were bad in terms of experience, there was a lot of positives to boarding school. We learned how to become our own man, you know. So it's not everything that, that, that seems like it's, 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 it's bad or it's happening it's a, it's a bad happening to you. That is actually bad. Sometimes, look, you see, sometimes for God to actually uplift you, he needs you to go through the fire so that you can come out as gold. Amen. Because if you don't go through the fire, you will not come out as refined gold. Amen. You just, you just be as you are. So sometimes God needs to allow you to go through certain issues, certain problems. So when you go through certain problems, you would feel like, oh God, why is this happening to me? Why is this bad thing happening to my family? Why is this happening? Look, you need to go through those things to be the better person that God needs you to be. It's as simple as that. Let's stop crying every day. Let's stop uh, complaining about so many things happening in our lives. Every day you look like, Someone has died in your family. Meanwhile, you're just broke. Amen. And sometimes you need to be broke because if you are not broke, sometimes you will not be humble. Sometimes you, God will not be able to take you through certain things. Amen. God needs your attention sometimes. So God will not be able to take you through certain things to know that, oh, um, maybe... This is how you need to be. This is what you need to learn. This is what needs to be done. Amen. You know, so God needs you to go through the wire sometimes. Amen. So stop complaining, dear Christian. You know, so there, there are times where um, there are times where you would have and more be given to you. And usually people who don't have the smaller they have, it will be taken from them. And it's, it's a principle. And I'll get into it, you know. So I'm starting a series and I'm going to teach a couple of things. 
you know, so he that hath, you know, more things, more houses, more cars, and all that, we notice that they get more. More is given to them. You know, he that hath a good job or a great job, you notice that more, a better job is given to them in terms of a promotion. They get access to bigger jobs elsewhere and things. And, and, and you realize that people who don't have cars, don't have um, houses, don't have jobs, what they even have usually is taken from them. Because people who don't usually have houses rent. And usually the rent expires. Some of them struggle to pay rent and, and all that. And they have to move from place to place. So you realize that this principle is already happening in this world. That people who have more is given to them. And people who don't have, even the little they have, is taken away from them. I mean, I remember when I was looking for a job after... After national service, I went to about 13 job, job, um, what's it called? Job, is it opportunities? Job recruitment, you know, I went to about 13 and all of them <laughs> failed, failed. I mean, I didn't fail personally, but I mean, it, it was almost like they were, they were looking for something particular that none of us could offer because it's like, they, they ask for university graduates, but when you get there, you find out that they're looking for a university graduate with about, I mean, a fresh university graduate with about three years working experience. And you're like, ah, but we just finished. So what are you guys expecting from us? Because even the requirements, oh, it was crazy. I remember the last one I went to, it was Ghana Shipment Authority or something, something like that. And I remember we were 45 applicants none of us were chosen not a single one of us were chosen it was a very sad thing i mean and the the job interview lasted from about 5 a.m or so and i i went around 5 p.m i was one of the last people i mean from about 5 a.m or, or 8 a.m i forgot the exact time but for hours vetting us failing everyone at the end of it and nobody was picked so it was, it was, it was, it was such a sad, it was such a sad thing. And I realized that, look, when you don't have, sometimes even the little you have is taken away from you. Amen. You know, so people who don't have more is taken away from them. Amen. Now, I mean, these affect spiritual things, by the way, you know, cause, cause he that hath knowledge of god more knowledge is usually given to you amen and 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 a person who starts to win souls you realize that there, there's more grace to win more souls amen i mean a pastor was a, you realize that a pastor was a big church right there are even more members coming to the church and i think a, a good example is um ceyc uh Pastor Iraq's church, you realize that it's like the more members that are coming, the church is just growing. Amen. You know, so so to whom much is given, even more will be given. Amen. And it, it goes with spiritual things as well. When when you are anointed, more anointing comes. Amen. But you realize that these things, there's, there's like an opposite effect. When you don't have knowledge, look, sometimes eh, sometimes eh, when you don't have knowledge, a lot of things are, are, are taken from you. you 
I mean, you realize that you realize that a lot you 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 miss out on a lot. Amen. Because the small that you even have usually is taken away from you. You know, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes nine verse eleven, it says that um, um, the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the to the strong, nor bread to the wise. It said, but time and chance happens unto them all. You know, and the Bible is saying that there's a time and there's a chance where everybody is given an opportunity to to grow, an opportunity to discover themselves, an opportunity to to be blessed, an opportunity to blow up, an opportunity for a lot of good things. And when you miss that opportunity, you you miss out on on what God usually had for you. Because you see, what Ecclesiastes 9-11 is saying is that is that God, God looked under the sun and realized that, look, the battle is not to the strong. Meaning that it's not just because you are strong, you win the battle. No. Or it's not just because you are fast, you win the race. No. Or it's not just because you are necessarily wise, so you will always have food on your table. Look, have you guys not met some of these beggars that seem to have all the advice in the world? Like, when they talk to you, eh, they look, and if sometimes, how they even speak about themselves? Oh, I was this, I was that, I had this, you know, you know, I was, I was, I was a church elder. You know, some of them, some of them came from the church, but you can look at the person and look and, and immediately realize that this person is a drunkard. And the person just wants money from you to drink. I mean, sometimes you can just tell. And the person starts to tell you some of the things they are. I mean, not to tell you where they came from per se, but to sort of impress you and you realize, ah, this person has a certain level of, of wisdom. How did you end up like this? It's because it's not a necessity that when you have wisdom, you, you would be able to do well. Do you understand? That's where prudence usually comes in. Because you see, prudence is, is, the, is the practical application of wisdom. Amen. That's, that's prudence. It's like when you have wisdom. You know, Ghana here, we're not prudent. A lot of, a lot of people in Ghana are wise. But a lot of people are not prudent. In the sense that a lot of people know things, know how to implement things, but do not actually implement those things. And it's part of the problem of, of, of a lot of a lot of a lot of us Ghanaians, you know. And let me just let me just just lift your hand right now. Father, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. Let prudence reach them in Jesus' name. Let the spirit of prudence take over in Jesus' name. That wherever you are, may you may you not just succumb to wisdom, but may you may you practically apply wisdom in your life in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, so he that hath more is always given to him. Amen. So I'm going to talk about certain positive traits of he that hath. Amen. And one of the positive traits is diligence. We're going to go through four things you should know about diligence. Amen. Now, diligence is a personal trait that makes a person rich. I mean, that's, that's basically what diligence is. It's a personal trait that makes a person rich. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says that, the Bible says in Proverbs 10 verse 4, He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. Amen. Now, a diligent person, let me just explain 
You know, the dictionary describes a diligent person as a person having or showing care and consciousness in one's work or duty. You know, it's like having or showing care. Amen. So it's sort of like being diligent is sort of like being extremely careful. Do you understand? Or being extremely attentive to what you're doing or to what you're supposed to do or what you have been given to do. Amen. That's what diligence is. You are diligent in your work. Now, diligence is one of the ways you would become rich or you become he that hath. Amen. You know, and more will be given to you because of your diligence. Because like I said, the Bible says in Proverbs 10 verse 4, it says, He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. So the Bible is saying that you become poor if your hand is slack. You become poor if you are not somebody who is attentive. You become poor if you are not someone who is careful, who notices things. Amen. Someone who, who takes charge of things. Someone who is extremely cautious about what you've been given to do to make sure that it is done. Amen. And the Bible is saying that you will become poor if you are not diligent. It is as simple as that. You have been given work to do. Do it diligently. You have been asked to do something. Do it diligently. Some of you, God has given you work to do. Do it diligently. You see, the fact that the fact that you, you are not diligent is why you have not been able to do what you have been given to do. Amen. Look, so many examples in the Bible where God, God had given people tasks to do. I always talk about Saul and how God, God gave Saul work to do. And God told Saul, go and massacre the, the Amalekites. Destroy everything. Destroy everyone. Massacre the place. And Saul... You see, the first step that Saul took, Saul agreed. Saul said, I'll go, no problem. A lot of you have not passed that step of I'll go, I'll do it. A lot of you are still in, in the process of doing it or in the process of in your mind, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. And let me tell you something. People who are not diligent never do anything. And then, you see, that's why the Bible is saying that he that, he that becometh poor, Sorry, he becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand. So a slack hand is basically someone who is not practical. Someone who always in your mind, you're like, oh, I'll do this. Hey, I need to do this. Oh, hey, pastor has asked me to do this thing. Oh, hey, God has asked me to do this thing. Oh. But that's it. It's just, it's just a ponder. It's just a deliberation between you and your mind. You don't actually go from A. Hey, God has given me this. Hey, pastor has asked me to do this. Hey, I know I'm supposed to do this. To actually doing it. Amen. You have, look, you will give more excuses why you cannot do it than why you can do it. Because you say, oh, pastor has asked me to, to start a fellowship. Oh, I don't, have a, I don't really have a place to start it. Oh, I don't really have anyone to start it with. Look, these are genuine problems. But there are problems that can be overcome very easily. You don't have a place. Use your room. Find a classroom. Find a quiet place. Find a, a, a simple place under a tree somewhere where you can meet two or three people. The Bible says that where two or three are gathered in his name, he's there. You don't have an excuse as to why you cannot start 
a fellowship, a Bible study. It's a very simple thing. Gather a couple of people where you are and have it. Your room, study room, uh, classroom, uh, under a tree, um, in, 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 an, in an uncompleted building even. Anywhere where you can gather people, gather the people. And when you gather the people, you teach them. Amen. It is not a difficult task. It is because you are not diligent. It, it, it seems difficult in your head. And you know, diligent people are overcomers. And the Bible says that to him that overcometh to the end, he shall be saved. So you must have an overcomer's mindset that you are going to overcome to the end. Amen. You see, and, and a lot of you don't overcome to the end. Some of you start and don't get ahead. Amen. So be diligent because a slack hand will make you poor. And when I say poor, is I don't just mean financially poor. I mean spiritually poor as well. You will, you will be poor spiritually. You will lack spiritually. You, you will be somebody who will not be into evangelism. You will be somebody who will struggle with your prayer life and then your, your, your Bible reading. You will struggle. Why? Because you are not diligent. Because you are not practical. When it comes to the practical things of God, you are just a mental person. All, all of your thoughts, it just stays there. It's in, it's in my mind. It's in my mind. I need to read my Bible. I need to pray. I need to win souls. It's just in your mind. You don't actually do anything about it. You're not practical. You're not diligent. You don't actually go out and be practical. Be a practical Christian. Amen. And that is why you would have all the ideas in the world and still be poor. So a diligent person is someone that is extremely cautious and careful about what they have been given to do or what they're supposed to do. Amen. Number two, a diligent person. Diligence is the personal trait that makes a person a leader. Most leaders are rich and prosperous because they are ahead of everyone they lead. Amen. The Bible says in Proverbs 12 verse 24, I'll explain this very soon. The Bible says in Proverbs 12 verse 24, it says the hand of the diligent shall, shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. Amen. So the Bible is saying that the hand of the diligent, a diligent person shall bear rule. That means that a diligent person normally is in a place of power or is, is in a place of leadership. Amen. And the truth is that, look, you realize that God has called a lot of Christians to be in a place of leadership, to, to be a person that bears rule. Amen. God has called you to bear rule. A lot of you have been sent by God to do things to be in charge of people, to be in charge of particular sheep. Amen. And the Bible is saying that the hand of the diligent shall bear rule. That same handle that makes a person rich. The Bible is saying that it shall bear rule. That means that it shall bear leadership. But the slothful shall be under tribute. The slothful will always be. Look, lazy people shall always be under other people and not even want to be ahead. Lazy people will always say that, oh, you do it, I'll follow you. Or you go, I'll come. Or you do this. Do you understand? Lazy people are always giving um, excuses. Lazy people are always trying to be last, always trying to do things second, always trying to be second. Oh, can you help me with this? Always seeking help. And look, let me teach you guys something. Sometimes eh, I realize that for a lot of us, we don't have an attitude of overcoming. We have an attitude of 
help me please and a lot of us want to be helped in a lot of ways look sometimes god has put a situation before you do you understand but you see the same way the bible says that god puts life and death before us we should choose which we would serve it's the same way god will put a difficult situation before you right and put a helper of that situation before you but what god requires of you is overcoming and not to seek help actually there are many things that god has put before you that god god is asking you to overcome it don't go and ask for help don't go and ask that hey charlie kojo can you help me with this kojo can you do this for me because a lot of you that help ends up being the person doing the work for you and not actually helping you to do the work. Am I preaching to someone today? I feel like I'm hitting some walls. Because a lot of you, you say you need help. And the person helping you ends up doing the work for you. That's, that's not help. The person is doing the work for you. That's not help. You didn't do the work in the end of the, at the end of the day. Amen. And you see, you see the same way God will put a situation before you and expect you to overcome because the Bible says that God will not put certain trials and temptations before you if you are not capable of overcoming. Meaning that most of the time, God expects you to overcome. But instead of overcoming, you would rather go and ask for help. Why? Because the help is available. And you would even, you would even attribute that help to God. Oh, God being so good, I had someone to help me and the person did the work for me and blah, blah, blah. God is just looking at you like, what? The person didn't help you. The person did the work for you. You allowed the person to do what you were supposed to do. And it is no surprise that that person would receive their blessing that you were supposed to receive. And, and a lot of the times, this is how he that hath more will be given to him. And he that hath not, even what he hath will be taken away from him. Because in this particular situation, you'd realize that he that hath is the person that is helping you. Because now the person has the practical ability to help you. So he that hath, now your blessing is being given to him. So he will have more. And you, that the small that you even had, because you didn't know how to do the work. So the small that you even knew how to do, now that blessing has been taken away from you and given to the person who, hath, who did the work for you. So please, let's be he that hath. Let's be diligent. Let's overcome. Let's do things ourselves. Let's do the work. Let's be practical about the work. Let's not put it in our mindsets. We know that God has called us to do a lot of things. Let's do it. Amen. Let us do it. Do the work. Amen. Do the work. Hallelujah. Do the work of God. Number three, diligence is the personal trait that makes a person have ideas that lead to abundance of wealth. Amen. Proverbs 21.5 The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness, but of everyone that is hasty only to want the thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness look the bible is saying that people who are diligent they think of they think only of things 
that lead them to, to even more things. Amen. And this is why diligence is a trait of he that hath and will have more. Because the thought of a diligent person leads to plenty more. It leads to plenteousness. It leads to prosperity. It leads to overcoming. It leads to being given more. Do you understand? Because you see, when you're a diligent person, now you become the person that can help other people. And as you are helping other people, you are being blessed by it. Amen. And you will continue to be blessed. Amen. Because you are diligent. And the Bible is saying that, look, the hands of the diligent, the thoughts of the diligent, they will make you rich. They will make you wise. They will make you spiritual. They will will make you anointed. Amen. You will be blessed. You will think good things. And you see, that is why I was trying to teach you that when God has given you a task to do, like let's say God has given you a fellowship to start, a church to start, a, 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 a particular mission to do. Maybe God has given you a special vision. You have not done it because you are not diligent. Because a diligent person has a lot of ideas. Amen. A diligent person doesn't take excuses. A diligent person says to themselves, Oh no, I can do this. All I need to do is meet in this small room. All I need to do is meet in my room. All I need to do is gather people. All I need to do is go door to door to invite people to my fellowship, to invite people to my Bible study. All I need to do is go door to door. No matter what, this is what I need to do. And I can do it. And I'm going to do it. That, that is the thinking of a diligent person. A lot of you in churches, you would realize that, look, if your pastor had not been diligent and done what God had asked him to do, when God asked him to do it, and how God asked him to do it, you will not be a Christian today. Amen. You wouldn't. You wouldn't be a Christian today. But you cannot be that person to someone else because you're not diligent. Amen. Because, because your mind is slothful and lazy because all you want to do is think about, oh God, I need to do this. I need to read my Bible. I need to pray. I need to evangelize. I need to do all these wonderful spiritual things. I need to fast. But God, even though I know that I need to do it, practically I'm not doing it. And I'm just fine. And you continue to have that attitude and be poor, both physically and spiritually. Because that 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 is how it is. Amen. Because that's how it is, and that is how it is meant to be. That is how God has meant it to be. That if that the more you have a slothful mindset. A slothful hand, you would you would continue to be poor. Amen. Oh yeah. Now let me give you, I want to give you two examples of, of, of diligence in our world today. Now, a lot of you eat KFC. I mean you you, you eat KFC, some even eat KFC almost every day, some every week. But a lot of you don't know how KFC came to be. Now, let me just read. I'm reading from the book, He That Hath, by Bishop Dag. And I'm just going to read the story on how KFC was established. KFC that you guys love so much. <clears throat> I'll show you. When Colonel Holland Sanders retired at the age of 65, he had little to show for himself except an old caddy, roadster, a $105 monthly pension check, and a recipe for chicken. Now, this is how KFC started. And I'm showing you guys something. He didn't start 
big. He didn't start with a, with a blessed mindset or whatever. No. Knowing he couldn't live on his pension, he took his chicken recipe in hand, got behind the wheel of his van, and set out to make his fortune. Now, you see, this is, this is a practical person. And this is what I've been trying to show you that practicality. He didn't just say that, oh, I have a chicken recipe. So I'm going to start a chicken recipe or a chicken whatever. No, he took the recipe and took his van and went out. That's the first step of being practical. Going out to do something. Amen. His plan was to sell his chicken recipe to restaurant owners. Now you see, you see, you see, that, that was his plan to sell his recipe to, to restaurants that were already there. Do you understand? You see, that's why that's why I was showing you that the mind of a of a diligent person, you it only leads you to prosperity. Amen. Who would in turn give him a residual for every piece of chicken they sold? Five cents per chicken. The first restauranteur he called on turned him down. So did the second. So did the third. So did the next one thousand. <laughs> in fact, the first thousand and eight sales calls Colonel Sanders made ended in rejection. Listen, he called a thousand and eight restaurants and they all rejected him. Now, at this point, most of you would have been disqualified because most of you would not have had the diligence to stay and make a thousand and eight calls. Most of you, by hundred, you are tired. By, by hunger, you've lost hope. And you see, that's the thing. Diligent people don't easily lose hope because the mind is strong. Amen. There's a, certain, there's a certain grace. There's a certain overcoming spirit to do more, to go far. You have not gone to check more places. But you say, oh, I can't have a fellowship. Why? Because I, I've not found a convenience place. It is because you are lazy, slothful. Amen. So, 1,008 people rejected Colonel Sanders. He continued to call on owners as he traveled across the USA, sleeping in his car to save money. Prospect number 1,009 gave him his first yes. <laughs> Here, you may understand the definition of diligence better. The persistent and relentless effort by an individual to solve a problem to overcome difficulties and to accomplish great things. That's the definition of diligence. That's another definition of diligence I'm giving you. It says that the persistent and relentless efforts by an individual to solve a problem, to overcome difficulties, and to accomplish great things. That's, that's, that's diligence. Amen. After two years of making daily sales, he had signed up a total of five restaurants. Still, Kennel pressed on, knowing that he had a great chicken recipe and that someday the idea would catch on. Of course, you know how the story ends. The idea did catch on. By, by 1963, the Kennel had 600 restaurants across the country selling his secret recipe of Kentucky Fried Chicken with 11 herbs and spices. In 1964, he was bought out by future Kentucky Governor John Brown. 
Even though the sale made him a multimillionaire, he continued to represent and promote KFC until his death in 1990. Ken Osander's story teaches an important lesson. It is never too late to decide to never give up. Earlier in his life, Kenner was involved in other business ventures, but they weren't successful. He had a gas station in the 30s, a restaurant in the 40s, and he gave up on both of them. At the age of 65, however, Harlan Sanders decided his chicken idea was the right idea, and he refused to give up, even in spite of repeated rejection. He knew that if he kept on knocking on doors, eventually someone would say yes. This is how Jesus has commanded us to approach life. Diligence. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. Luke 11 verse 9. We must be relentless and inexorable in our mission. Amen. Let me just give you another example. A lot of you know Abraham Lincoln as president of USA. I'll, I'll, I'll just read a little about him. Abraham Lincoln, a famous president of USA, is another good example of an inexorable, never give up, never give in man of diligence. In spite of repeated failure and difficulty, a lot of you didn't know this, you see, we know him as a famous, oh, Abraham Lincoln, you know, very nice, wonderful, wise president of America, one of the best. We all know him, but we don't know his story well. We don't know that he actually had to overcome things. And you see, that's, that's the thing. A lot of you just know, but you don't apply practically in your life. So in spite of repeated failures and difficulties, he persisted in his political mission until he was successful. Notice how his numerous defeats did not deter him. Yeah, he persisted in his relentless efforts, paid off in the end. He failed in business in 1831. He was defeated for legislature in 1832. He experienced a second failure in business in 1833. He suffered a nervous breakdown in 1836 he was defeated for speaker in 1838 he was defeated for elector in 1840 he was defeated for congress in 1843 he was defeated for congress in 1848 <laughs> he was defeated for senate in 1855 he was defeated for vice president in 1856 he was defeated for senate in 1858 he was finally elected for president in 1860. Perhaps now you will understand why a person with a positive trait of diligence is usually a successful person. A diligent person will surely become he that hath. Amen. These two examples should really guide you. And number four, my last point, diligence is the personal trait that leads to promotion. Amen. Proverbs 22, 29 says that, Seest thou a man diligent in his business, he shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. A man who is diligent in his business, he will stand before kings. You see, when you are diligent at work, diligent with your spiritual life, you will always be promoted. Amen. You will always be ahead. You will always be given a promotion, an uplifting amen because that is what diligence comes with it's natural look the stories that i read to you kenel sanders the kfc owner abraham lincoln abraham lincoln fought for 30 years and failed failed 
a, a promotion after promotion after promotion after promotion about six or more promotions until he was finally elected as president and and i'm sure one of the reasons why he was voted was because people said that this is a strong man with a strong mindset with a diligent mindset and he was one of the best presidents america ever had yeah and they failed him close to 10 times they failed him all the time but he never gave up he never gave up dear christian never give up young believer never give up have a diligent spirit have a diligent attitude never give up always fight always go ahead and god will continue to lift you wherever you are and wherever you go wherever you find yourself god will lift you In jesus name i pray let's pray father i thank you lord for this wonderful time in your presence Father, pray for every single person under the sound of my voice. Cause diligence to be their portion. Cause a spirit of diligence to lead them, to guide them. Set them apart as diligent people. People that do not give up. People that do not give excuses. People that do not give in. But people that will constantly fight till the end. And bear fruit. And be prosperous in whatever they do. Bless them, Father. In Jesus' name I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Now, I want to make an altar call. You know, before all, all this even happens, you need to start with the foundation. And the foundation is with Jesus Christ. The Bible says in, in Revelations, I think 3.20, says that Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. Anyone that will open for me, I'll come in and dine with him and him with me. Jesus is standing at the door of your heart today. He's knocking and he says that, open and let me in. Be a diligent person today and let Jesus in. Jesus wants to fellowship with you. You know, you want to say that, look, I'm not sure where I'll go if I die today, but I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be sure of where I'll be in heaven. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want Jesus to be your Lord and personal Savior. Just say this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you for all that you've done in my life. Please come into my heart, Jesus. Cause me to be a diligent Christian from today. I no longer want to do the bad things I was into. I no longer want to be lazy. But please write my name in the book of life that when I die, I will be with you in heaven. Thank you, Father for salvation in jesus name i pray we've come to the end of our time together join us next time and thank you for listening god bless you